Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning and glad you're here. Merry Christmas. So today we're talking about what this season is all about, unwrapping Christmas. And last week we looked at a manger and we read the opening of John's gospel called the prologue. And we said, as John said, Jesus is the word. And what does that mean? It means he is the spoken, the last word of God. He is the unspoken word of God, meaning he is what keeps everything together. And then he's also the one who made it all. The one who created you, the one who gave us this day, the one who woke us up this morning. He is everything. Now today, John's going to tell us he's the light of the world. He is the light of of the world. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go to John's Gospel, chapter 1. And as you're turning to chapter 1, uh, we'll begin in verse 4. Can I remind you that John wrote for one very specific reason, so that you would believe. All he was writing for, there were four Gospels. John's was the last one written. So why would John write a Gospel even though he most likely knew Luke because Paul spent a lot of time in Ephesus. Luke was his traveling partner, so I'm sure they met and talked. So why would John write his gospel? And he had a very specific reason. So you would believe. So you would believe. He doesn't tell us all the stories of that night that Jesus was born. He doesn't talk about, he doesn't talk about the manger. That's Luke that does that. But he wants you to know why he came. And he wants you to see him, Jesus, from a whole new perspective. And so what he does today is he introduces him as the light of the world. And can I just say, we could use some light today. And so let's open the word together. Let's read it together. I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of this text. We're reading John chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And let's read verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Now let me read one more verse, chapter 8 of John. Just got to turn a few pages. Chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus spoke to them. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. May God give us light. In Jesus' name. Hey, you may be seated. As you're being seated, so what is it about Christmas? Lights are so special to Christmas, right? They're everywhere. And they're so engaging. Light is essential. It's been essential from the beginning. 
As I said last week, the first thing he created, let there be light. Did you know every time in the Old Testament and even in the New, throughout all the 66 books of the Bible, the presence of God is most noticed by light. Think about it. When Moses was leading the children out of Egypt, in through, the, in through the wilderness, getting ready to go in the promised land, at night, what would they see? A pillar of fire. When Moses went up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, he went up on Mount Sinai. What, what did the Bible say about it? Light. In fact, Moses came back down and he was glowing because of that light. Whenever you think of Paul on the road to Damascus, Something knocked him down. Something put him on his face. What was it? A bright light. And it was Jesus. And then you think about Jesus himself. When he was transfigured in, in, in the Gospels, there's a story about him being on a mount. We're not sure which mountain, but he was transfigured. He was changed. And only Peter, James, and John saw him. And the Scripture says he was bright. His raiment was as white as it could be. And then the night Jesus was born. How did God mark the place with a star in Bethlehem? How did the angels appear to the shepherds when they're out in the field? A light, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. It's like every place. And then you move over to Revelation when the time is coming. And there's a reference. Paul even talks about it in 2 Thessalonians. He said one day when Jesus comes, he's going to destroy the Antichrist. And you know how he's going to do it? He's not going to lay a hand on him. He's just going to show up, and the brilliance of Jesus' glory is going to kill him. That's bright. That's light. And then when the new Jerusalem comes, which is like the capital of heaven, those by faith are going to be there. We're going to be hanging out in the new Jerusalem. Guess what? There's no light. Revelation 21 said there's no light. There's no moon. There's no sun. Why? And I love this. The glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is the lamp of that city. So everywhere you see Him, there's light. And so it's natural you come to this. The word is used 275 times in the Bible. Over 30 times in the Gospel of John, light is referred to. And I mean, we can appreciate light. Think about what light does. I mean, you can even just... Quickly, it protects. It gives you direction. It causes things to grow. Allows us to see. Am I right? It, it does it all. What else does light do? Somebody just shout it out. Something practical. Doesn't have to be spiritual, just practical. What is it? What's that? Heat. Exposes. Anybody else? It's just... It does everything. Now, you know, I've talked about my love for flashlights. And I don't have one with me this morning. I know you thought that was coming. But a woman in the first service felt sorry for me. And she came up, and she gave me this little device. So you just push the little button here, and I got a flashlight. I can carry it with me everywhere. I love them. Because you know what? It changes everything. It changes it. And I just think... There's something about light. I, I, lived, I grew up in Arkansas, and, and then 
we came from Louisiana 16 years ago, and when we spent our first winter here, oh my goodness, I was hooked. And I know you're thinking about the weather. Nope. Winter for me, gray skies, no leaves anywhere, misty, dreary, cold. We might see the sun every once in a while. And there is a condition, seasonal affective disorder, which is actually when your body, when you crave light and, and you live somewhere maybe where you, you don't have a lot of light, especially in the months of the fall and the winter, and it actually causes a problem with your circadian rhythm. I mean, it, it does a lot of weird things. We were made for light. I love it. And man, living here in the winter, we got sunshine. It's just a reminder to us that we need light. It's essential from the very beginning. And so now it says Jesus is the light of the world. And if our world ever needed light, it's now. There is a darkness. There was a darkness when Jesus was born. Did you know it was one of the darkest times in history when Jesus was born? I, lo I love the way uh, William Criswell puts it this way. Religion was at its lowest ebb. Even the high priesthood was sold to the highest bidder. People were enslaved under the iron heel of the Roman seizure. And all humanity in the civilized world lived in a darkened culture. You see, the Caesars, they ruled. And there was no freedom for God's people, for sure. And there was not much hope. And so there was this darkness. And it's amazing how Jesus comes in and he calls him the light of the world. And so when you think about our day, man, it's just like we need light. And so what are we doing? We're looking for light. I remember Hollywood used to portray heaven as you're going to die and you're going to hear some voice, follow the light. And so you're supposed to follow the light. Well, that's Hollywood's version. And that's not this version. The light's coming to you when you die. If you die in faith, the first thing you're going to see is the light of the world. Jesus is going to say, hey, David, I'm ready for you. Let's go. I got your room ready. I want you to go home with me. It's always something that we're looking for and we need it. Even Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah said, people are looking. They are longing. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of the dark, deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Who's he talking about? Jesus. It's 700 years before he comes, but Isaiah said, he's coming. There's going to be a light. And today we need that light. And I think people, because of what's happening, the division, I mean, everything around us, we don't trust anyone, and we're trying to figure out what the next move is going to be. I talked to a nurse this morning, and she was telling me some of the stories, what's happening at the hospital. I'm just anxious is what I hear a lot. I'm just anxious. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what all we've got. And so this has created this thing like, man, I've got to have light i got to have truth. i got to find some hope. And so we hang on to things. And, and the question I have is, the things we're hanging on to, is it true light? Because what John says is that he's the true light. And it's very interesting the way he says it. Go to, go to verse 9. The true light is coming into the world. 
The light that, gives every, that is given to everyone is coming into the world. And so it's like he's not just any light. He is the true light. And the word true means in every respect. Some people translate it complete, genuine, steadfast, perfect. I mean, you can translate it any way you want. Basically, there are fake lights out there everywhere. There's false light. And people have gotten caught up. I mean, I just think of a bug's life. And the zapper. And the light is drawing. And the bug is saying, I can't stop it. I can't stop. And it's over. That's exactly what's happening in our world. Do you know that Paul warned the church that there will be those who pose as light? In fact, he calls Satan an angel of light. So does that mean Satan is really an angel of light? No, he's pretending to be light. He wants you to think that it's light. And so you'll read something or you'll hear something or you'll see something and you'll get caught up and you'll think, oh, that's it. And so all of a sudden you're caught up and you're being drawn and it's not the true light. So let's think for a minute. What are the false lights out there? What are the false lights? I want you to think just in your mind, what is it that you're tempted to lean into? You're tempted to follow and really put your, your hope in. I'll give you some. Uh, number one, every once in a while, I'll hear somebody, see him on YouTube or see him somewhere, TikTok, and I'll go, man, I, got, I love what that guy's saying. Then I find out it's a false prophet. But he had me, or she had me. In fact, there's something out there today, I can't tell you what it is. I'm so intrigued with it, I want it to be real, I want it to be legit. And if it is, I'm going to share it with you later, okay? But i got to check it out first. It's got me caught up. So I think sometimes a false prophet can get you before you know it. And before you know it, you're, you're, you're in. And then you realize this is not the true light. How about this? Preconceived ideas about God. You see, some of us have already figured him out. And so when something doesn't fit what we figured out, no, not God. I got a question for you. If the true light came to the world, look at verse 10. He came to the world he made and the world missed him. How? He made that. He made the world. He made them. And how do you miss him? You know how you miss him? You're looking at the wrong light. You're caught up with false light. And I love, and I think sometimes our ideas are, they had a notion of what God was going to be like. They had a notion of what the Messiah was going to be like. And guess what? Jesus didn't fit their mold. So what they do? They rejected Jesus and they missed the true light. I love this quote by Anne Lamott. She said, you can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. That's when you know, mm-mm. You've created him in your image. You need to remember you were created in his image. Don't have those preconceived ideas. Let God be God. Let him move. I, I give you another one. You'll find this one strange. Religion. I know people that think if I'm a member of a church somewhere, I'm good to go. That's false light. That's false light. I'll say it again. And I've been a part of the church for many, many years. 
They say, well, if I show up at church, I'm going to come and show up and I'm going to sit through a service. That's it. No, it isn't. The true light is not showing up in a building and sitting with a bunch of people and listening to some great music and some guy talk for a while. That's not true light unless it's talk about Jesus, worship of Jesus, and Jesus meets you when you walk in the room. That's true light. That's what light is all about. But just being here doesn't mean you're following true light. You have to make sure those false lights, and I'll give you another one, politics. Oh, if we just elect the right one, if we just go with the right party. Well, y'all, can I just tell you, I'm, we are a part of a network called Southern Baptist. It was called, we're now Great Commission Baptist. We elected a president one time that was Southern Baptist. And it didn't turn out very well. I'm not going to use names. I'm just saying. We've put politics in the realm of light. It's not the true light. And anything that comes out of that realm that is correct and true, I promise you it's because the true light is shining through somebody. So thank God for those who are representing him and who are letting that light shine, but not in its own media. I put media on my list because every once in a while I get caught up reading somebody and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Or watching something or following somebody, thinking, all right, everything they're going to put out there, it's going to be right. No, it isn't. They're not the light. And the last one is just my own little world. I start thinking I can figure out everything. Anybody ever do that? Oh, I can figure this out. I'm just going to follow what I think is right. I think truth is just whatever you feel like doing. I mean, if you, if you can, you know, argue for it or whatever, just follow yourself. You ever tried that? Can I remind you, you've made some really crazy mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. I quit following me because it didn't work out. And I began to realize, you know what? I'm not the true light. And there's a little clue. John says the true light is coming into the world. You know why I love that? Because if the true light were already in us, why did he have to come into the world? I hear all the time people saying, the true light is in you. The true light, just follow that light in you. Well, I would recommend that if Jesus is walking around in you. If Jesus is in you, yes. But there's not a theology that says, you have a light in you, just follow the light. There's the theology that said there's one true light. His name is Jesus. He came to the world so he could walk in your life and show you the way. Folks, we needed light or else John has lied to us. We needed light. So I cannot lean into my own understanding. But in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him and he will direct my path. And so he's the true light. True meaning he'll always lead you to a good place. He'll always lead you to a good place. That's how you know if something's true light. Does it point to Jesus? Does it lead to a good place? Because if it does, yeah, it's true light. But if it's not, no. My favorite scene, and I, I haven't started, the, have y'all started the Christmas movies? You know, there's two or three that you've got to watch. You know, you've got to watch it every time. And one of them is Elf. I've got to see it. I was at the mall yesterday. I saw Santa, and I started to yell, you're sitting on a throne of lies. But I didn't. I didn't. 
The other one is Christmas Vacation. And my favorite scene is when he gets it all ready and the house is just covered with lights and he gets them all out there and he counts it down and everybody's ready and he plugs it in and what happens? Nothing. Nothing. That scene, in my, in every time I see it, reminds me of people who plug their life into the wrong thing. And there's nothing. There's only one place to plug your life in, and he is the light of the world. His name is Jesus. That's the true light. That's what makes this world work. And by the way, when you do, light beats darkness every time. My favorite verse in all of these, literally in this opening chapter, look, if you will, at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light beats darkness every time. The light of the world is undefeated. Did you hear me? It's undefeated. He is undefeated. He's never been stopped. Never. And I hear people every once in a while think, well, it's so dark, and it's so bad out there, and there's so many... Light wins every time. Light wins every time. Let me tell you, darkness tried to stop this light. From the moment Jesus was born, Herod tried to kill the light. Remember? He tried to kill him. They had to flee to Egypt. And then Satan shows up, tries to tempt him. And then all the religious leaders, they tried to silence him. And then they finally got their way, and on a Friday, they killed him. And it looked like on Saturday, darkness had overcome the light. Then came Sunday morning, and the stone was rolled away. I personally believe the brightest light the world has ever seen shined out of that tomb. As if to say, darkness cannot hold the light, it cannot keep the light every day. Light wins over darkness because Jesus defeated darkness. That's who we serve. That's who we're following. And so light is our mission. Now, John the Baptist came not as the light, but to point people to the light. I think John's telling us that's our job. That's our mission. Our mission is all about the light. Now, it says John the Baptist wasn't the light, but he knew the light. In fact, Paul said it in 2 Corinthians. He said, what we proclaim is not ourself, but, but it's Jesus. And literally, God is the one who spoke, let light, he let light shine out of the darkness, and he's shown in our hearts. And so now we have something we share with the world. But here's what that something is. It's not us. Our mission is not let everybody know about a Baptist. Baptist is not the light. Catholics are not the light. Whatever it is that you are, it's not the light. There is one light. His name is Jesus, and he wants to shine through you. He wants to shine through us. So as John the Baptist said, hey, I must decrease, he must increase. Without Jesus, we don't have anything to offer the world. But with Jesus, we got everything. And sometimes we have bought this line that, oh, we need to do everything else but talk about Jesus, but share Jesus. And I'm telling you, we're not going to leave a man in the darkness. We know the light. We have met the light. Let's at least share the light with our world, with our community, 
Be a witness. I like what Lisa Turker said. She said, it's either Jesus or darkness. There's not a third alternative. Let's be about light. And people say, well, but it's, it's dark where I work. It's dark in my neighborhood or it's dark at, you know, my school. Well, that's why light came. Without light, I mean, without darkness, light, it doesn't make any sense. When you go to buy a diamond, I shook a lady's hand this morning, and she kept holding it there. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Did I shake your hand wrong? And then I realized she had just gotten an engagement ring. And then I saw the diamond. I'm willing to bet everything. When they bought that diamond, that salesman laid it on a dark background. And he made that diamond pop. Why? Because light shows up against darkness. And I just think we forget that. This is the time for children of the light. This is our time. Yeah, it's dark out there, but that's why we got light. And let's be a witness. And let's point them to Jesus. You know what happens when we do that? There's power. I love the verse. John wrote it. It's another book he wrote, 1 John. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. You know what that means? When we let our light shine together, we're a lot stronger. And the world takes notice. So it's time to shine our light together. And you know the power of that? It's unbelievable the power of that. Let's let the light shine. I have two questions for you. Have you ever let the light in to your life? Have you ever had a personal encounter with Jesus? I don't mean just know about him. I mean the light literally walking into you. The Bible says that he came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came for you. Do you recognize him? He made you. Do you recognize him? And I just want you to open up your life right now and say, Jesus, I believe you're the light of the world. I want you in my life. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're in the room, or you're on the stream, can we just bow and just thank him for being the light of the world? In fact, you can say these words or words of your own, but just call on him because whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Jesus, thank you for being the light. Thank you for lighting up my life. Jesus, you made all the difference. And today, I invite you in my life. Lord, I will follow the light. Always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now look this way. I'm just crazy enough to believe if you prayed that and you meant it, Jesus heard, and a light just came to your life. The light of the world. I got a second question. Are you letting your light shine? At work? Your neighbors? Are you living such a way that the people around you see the light of the world? I just think it's time to let the light in. I think it's time to let the light in to say, 
Come on, Jesus, let the light in. Can we stand together and sing this? Fling wide, you heavenly gates. Let the King of glory in. Let's let the light of the world in. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.